documentaries, uh-huh. history, insights, interviews, chefs deep dive. Welcome back and this is Shep's Deep Dive, episode 8 and my first episode with a guest. He is the daringly delightful, delectable and dangerous fat boy Slick. Hello, uh, thank you for having me, Shepsy. No problem. <laughs> and this week we're going to have a look into an 80s classic, well, sort of classic. It's A, a, cult, of... a cult classic, I think it's uh, affectionately known as. Yeah, yeah, the breakdancing movie of the night, is it 1983, 84, called Break In? 84, I think. And you know what? Cult classics, a cult classic is typically a film that doesn't do well at the box office, but actually this film did really, this one really did well. Brilliant. I think, I think, didn't they say it's like one of the only films of that company, I can't remember, company, Canon Films, that Canon was it, films. I just got it written down, Yeah, it's one of actually biggest... made money. Yeah, something like, so... If, I'll, I'll consult my notes. Yeah. Made for 1.2 million, which for a low budget flick in 1984, all right. Box office 38.7 million. That's I think probably nearly as much as say National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation made, or maybe or you know that may have made maybe double that, but that we, but that had a much bigger budget. So for the for the type of film that it is, it's it's um it's concept, the way it was filmed, and it's. It, it's not a great film. Let's let's put that out there. Not great acting. Well, the, the story it's, is it's, the story is is a classic story which just goes on. Is loads of stories that exactly the same. You know, sort of rich kid. Uh, it's a white girl, and then she meets some bad boys. Learns how to dance the street way and just makes it all the way to the top. It's been done before, but it's actually at the time they cashed in on the breakdancing theme of the breakdancing movie. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of dance movies. Um, in that era, so obviously the big famous one being Flashdance, and that was that uh, rags to riches, so to speak, story. Um, so it definitely, it definitely had its template. But what I think really works the film is actually it's based in reality, and I'm sure we'll come to speak about it. But you know, the the cast, we'll call them the cast, we're actually the real life stars doing that thing. It's 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 just as much a biopic. <laughs> for for two of the main characters than it is um you know a fictional movie well if you go over a little bit of the plot line for people out there who have not seen it and you must go and see it anyone who is listening mainly this girl kelly who she's called lucinda dickie in real life what a name that is no wonder she didn't do very well after this is a young dancer training under the supervision of a choreographer who's an absolute <laughs> sex pest <laughs> He, he is a sex pest. He tries it on with her at any opportunity, yet yeah. looks the campiest guy in the world. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's classically Trey, isn't it? It's, she, she's from the... If you've watched Step Up, it's pretty... Step Up pretty yeah. much ripped it copies this... It. It, yeah, it, it is. Completely exactly. ripped this off. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's... The protagonist, she's she's classically trained, um, wants to get into... You know, wants to like put on a, a kind of full-on classical production but gets involved with two street dancers. I mean, it can't get more kind of... Real life r- street dancers ready. as well. Real oh, that's life. the difference. And that's what I mentioned earlier. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, Michael Boogaloo Shrimp and Adolfo Shabadoo. 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 Boogaloo. Shabba. Who, were, who were real life, 
I want, don't want to say inventors, but uh, purveyors of, of breakdancing. Yeah, it's those. They was mainly in the film for the breakdancing, not for the acting. They can't act at all. But they went on and did amazing after this. What was it? Didn't one of them help Madonna on her tours and various other dance choreography tours throughout the 80s and 90s? I think, is it Bugaloo is actually still doing quite well now? There's a documentary that came out a couple of years ago from him. Yeah, there's a there's a documentary on Amazon uh, specifically about him where he he claims that he was actually the one who taught Michael Jackson the moonwalk. Um, at that time, someone else whose name I can't remember uh, was credited for teaching uh, Jacko the moonwalk. But uh, Bugaloo claims it's him. Bugaloo's friends claim it's him. And then apparently in the late 80s, Michael Jackson strived to help Bugaloo get the get the accreditation for for doing it. Uh, and Bugaloo tells quite quite. Yeah, I've seen um, him in interviews before, and it come it doesn't come across like he's boasting. He just brings it up like he's helped this person, he's helped that person, and it seems a nice enough guy to have done that. From the original documentary film, which really the, uh, the concept of this film was nicked from the what was it? Well, breaking an entry. Breaking an entry, yeah, which is 1983, which was um, was it a, a TV documentary? Was it a movie? I can't remember which. It was, but, yeah. it was more or less just put together by someone's camcorder by the look of it but it's brilliant the way yeah. it's done is hardcore and meets the actual kids on the street doing it and and, and i think what breaking obviously saw in that was how they could apply a narrative to it to tell a story and that's exactly what they did and that's why it works to to include boogaloo shabadoo shabadoo oh a nice tea who also appeared in a documentary as well yeah yeah which is which is really crazy because i so i was in the documentary he was the real life mc at the time and then they had him back to spit the rhymes. Although, I, to be honest, I don't think they're very good. No, they're terrible. <laughs> Honestly, they're terrible. it's like, it's like a, the Ladybird book of rhyming. Oh, it's like my son could do better. Oh, it's yeah. Like, it's like someone's Everybody told... Everybody get on the stage to dance. That's it. Let's and... get to it. Now's your chance. chance. Once upon a time, a DJ's task was just a play record. What more could you ask? But then came remixes, scratching and cuts. Which was too much for many. Drove some DJs nuts, but the DJ named Love has reigned supreme as the turntable wizard of the hip hop scene. So listen to him, check it out. But remember this when the glove on the wheels of steel, he's reckless. It's like someone's turning around to him and say, You can't talk about drugs, you can't talk about sex, you can't talk about drink or killing cops. No cuffs, no cursing. Yeah. He made up for that afterwards, didn't he? With kill cop tunes and all sorts and it's yeah. all right he's still an actor now as well well he's now he's a cop uh how the tables turned <laughs> Cap- capturing sex pests i wonder if the sex pest from this film made it into a cop uh, into an episode of special victims unit who knows let me know <laughs> who knows i, I tell you some of the acting though is criminal uh let's keep on that analogy so i mean boogaloo and um shabadoo yeah they're not great i actually think i actually think boogaloo's not too bad. Lucinda Dickey is is terrible. She's really. It reminded me a lot of the acting in the Rocky Horror Show, because <laughs> that's the only. For, I know that's a well loved film, but it just reminded me of that. It felt just so forced and fake at times. Um, you could tell I, like she wasn't happy, and apparently she she didn't get on with the other people in it. Like everyone looked at her like the film was trying to portray her as this little rich girl. And people actually thought of that. She didn't get on well with Bugaloo, didn't get on well with the other people. She was oh, that's interesting. Outcast there. 
So I reckon that that shows in the performance as it strains through. Like you can tell, like she's just reading it. It's only until Donald, you know, Krista McDonald was in it, who actually worked with her in Greece too, because he was in Greece too as well. The... Is and and he was remind me. He was uh, the, the agent. agent. Yeah, but he so, was it was all right. He was quite a nice guy. So yeah, and when I watched this the other day, and um, when he came into it, yeah, he actually he actually owns every scene he's in. What I hate that oh, phrase, he's, but he's, he's really great. He's, he's a great he's, actor. He's really really good in that. Um, he, and because at first you think he's another another slime ball, but yeah, he. He's he's great in it, I thought, and and as you said, you know, went on to a pretty good career in in TV movies himself. He's, he's done he's done he's over had... like eighty odd movies or something. He's not he's not an A lister, and no. he sort of struggles being into the B lister. But whatever he's in, he can act, and that's a good thing. It's it's funny because he's got one of those faces where you go, I know him. Yeah. See, I've, seen, I've seen him in something. I've seen probably, him before. I mean, I, I'm pretty, I'm 99 percent sure that if they just went IMDb, IMDb, he would have been in SVU as well yeah. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's all over it. Yeah. Which is funny, so, though, the connection with this in Grease 2. Grease 2 was made only a few years before this on a, on a budget of $6 million, but only ranked in $15 million. This one, on a budget of $1.2, like you said, made $38 million. Blasted Grease 2 out of the water, which is supposed to have been a massive success. It just failed miserably. I think it... I think, so they clearly rushed it out. It's a classic canon film. They, but they took the zeitgeist, didn't they? They knew what was really popular, what had boomed, and that's why they put it out there. Just think, it's a bit in the same way. In on your your, your talent shows, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, you had all these dance troops suddenly coming out of nowhere and winning it, and then suddenly all these dance troupe movies like Step Up and Step Up Two, Three, Four. I don't God knows what they're up to now. Step Back Down, please. That's probably the last one. <laughs> um, the, the, suddenly they all emerged. You know, it's it is history repeating itself completely. But um, it's its target audience it's aiming at. The people it's aiming at, they're not really interested in the story. It's the no, dances. No, they, they want to see the dancing. And, and what is interesting as well is that the music, there's not so much of a, an original score to the film. A lot of like the, the core songs in the soundtrack had actually been out a couple of years. Yeah. So yeah. It, it was a case of, we need to, this is our way. Because people, people were aware of breakdancing through, you know, Michael Jackson probably and uh, through stuff on the news and the odd bit here and there. This this was an attempt to make it go mainstream, which it, it, it certainly did. Yeah, you had some cracking artists on the soundtrack there. You've got Ollie and Jerry, you've got Firefox, you've got Hot Street, you've got the Barcase. If you listen to it now, it is dated, but you've also got the classic Chaka Khan, Ain't Nobody. perfect example of the pop music industry taking an underground sound and pop popizing it if that makes sense and, and, and trying to make it mainstream but yeah a lot of the other tracks they are they are breakdance tracks so breakdance music breaks comes from 
the, the mid late section of disco records from the 70s where there was typically uh, an instrumental break as they call it and break dance break music that they took that instrumental break and looped it that's how break dancing occurred and so that's why they're all very blippy bloppy and broken up and they're quite repetitive with lots of kind of 303 electronic sounds but it's perfect to body dancing, pop too yeah body pop too yeah and what, what i found really interesting as well is that it's filmed on location in los angeles as well where i believe the scene emerged at least on the the, the west side of america I, I, i'm not familiar with a breakdance scene in the east side i don't know if you know but that... yeah well there, there was a film which came out just shortly after this which they rushed this one out to beat i can't remember what it was called oh break street 84 that break street was in competition with breakdance didn't do as well but that's a, that shows the breakdancing in new york though this was west side and that was east side Oh, that's interesting. That's yeah, really but... it's really interesting how cultures can kind of transcend across thousands of miles. I know it's the same country, but that's that's really interesting. But also, it, it's at the time as well when you had that big split in the music as well. So not shortly after this, you had in the nineties massive rifts between the East Coast and West Coast rap music. Yes, it's funny how it all, all you can take it going further and further back, probably to the time of this break dancing era kicking off, and one trying to own it while the other doing it, and then obviously doing the MC, which turns to the rap music, etc., and builds on there. Yeah, I mean, I mean the 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 musical styles of East and West Coast America are average. They've always happened. You've got your West sunny sunny side, West Coast rhythms and dawdlings compared to the more punky scene that New York. Yeah. adopted in like, the centres of like yeah. with like the Ramones and the and Blondie and stuff like that. Um but it's so it's interesting how black culture it appears kind of transcended across both sides and they competed with each other. Whereas I never found the east and west of um rock and roll, let's say, in that punk move and so I don't find, I never found they actually competed with each other. The break dancing, everyone could have a go of it. Everyone could use those like you said, snippets of music and remits and mits over them and having an MC there as well. And then MCs start becoming massively famous, but then you get splits out of music, don't you? It starts off as breakdancing, dance music, and then it splits with garage, hip-hop, etc., etc., etc. It just keeps breaking into... Oh, the yeah, so there's sub-genres sub-genres and sub-genres and just goes... Every, and, and everything's just a, a tweak of a previous genre anyway. Did you know as well there was actually three sequels to this? I knew there was a second one, which literally came out six months later. Um, yeah. I've not, I've not watched sure. it. I didn't, know, I didn't know there was a third one though. Yeah, there was a third one called Rapping, and the only person who is in Rapping and all three is Ice T. The first one, obviously, is uh, a classically trained dancer. Her, who she works for in that classically trained company, they want to put on a, a proper ballet show. She wants to do break dancing. She gets an agent and together. They try and pitch this, and, and, and you know, spoilers. They naturally they win the chance and they perform their break dancing show on Broadway, let's say, or theatre. Yeah. Um, so that that's that storyline there. It's your classic step up style storyline. So what's the storyline for the second film? Because they've won that and they got to appear in that show. What was it? A street jazz or street jizz? Anyway, they appear. <laughs> <laughs> so this, I think I've watched one. a different film. <laughs> <laughs> So in this one, uh, the plot is that the characters from Breaking, all of them was in it, struggle to stop the demolition of a community recreation centre. Oh, Like wow. in a million it's... other films ever. Do you and know then what? decide it's, to it's put on a British, big sung and for, dance. For our British listeners, it, it's straight out of Biker Grove. Yeah. 
It's straight. <laughs> both stories are straight out of Biker Grove, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. You know, they could have done it so it forwards on of what happened to them in, you know, becoming Broadway stars, but obviously the budget constraints, etc. even though they made a load of money on that, that made about 15.1 million it made. Oh, uh, right. And how much was the budget for that one? Doesn't say. Probably not as much. <laughs> so if I. It, look, looking at the stats, so breaking outgrossed at the time one of my favorite films the john hughes classic 16 candles it performed better than 16 candles isn't that crazy in its first weekend wow that just goes to show the appetite people because i think for a lot of people breakdancing was they probably didn't know about it they didn't know about the culture so so for those in the culture would have wanted to see it but for a lot of young people they probably were just really interested in it weren't they and that that's why it performed so well it was the breakdance people going to just see it like we said just for the dancing i don't yeah. think they would have been bored about the story this story hasn't got a longevity to even if you watch it now it's very dated but if you watch 16 candles now yeah it's a dated place where it's at the 80s but it but still the works still, now yeah, yeah the themes and you can still relate to it we can't relate to breakdancing no one's walking around with leotards you know what i mean <laughs> with squashed up tight jeans with the nads showing <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. People have been to some of the places I've been in the city centre. Boogaloo Shrimp, you know he choreographed majority of the film, him and Shabab. He was such a young age at making that film as well. I think he was still at school. So Boogaloo Shrimp himself, he's he's such a great dancer. He's actually quite endearing in the film, but he was only about 17, 18 when it came out. And he was in it because he was the star of his area of L.A., known for for breakdancing and, and starred in that documentary you know they, they they took a punt on such a young person but you know if you're going to make a film about a new art form you've got to have the person who's famous for you haven't you yeah yeah rather than get trained actors or trained dancers and try to imitate what they was doing they just used the actual people who was doing it yeah and there's a very very famous scene in this film which is well worth checking out it's the the street sweeping scene oh yeah when, when i first watched the film so i was watching it and i was like i i, I understood the film i got where it was going but when this scene happened it was one of those moments where even i watched that scene i thought that was a magic scene and i thought i bet that when that happened when that film first came out and people saw that scene i bet people were blown away to me if, if you've not seen it think do you know when is it gene kelly does uh, singing in the rain and dances in the street yeah it's an iconic the way he dances around the lamppost and stuff this scene is is on par with that culturally it's probably um uh ignored a little bit um but it's on par with that so Bugaloo is it, it's i mean it's it's a tee up it's complete tea up. Bugaloo and shabadoo work in a shop or at least it seems they run the shop or something the store yeah. and and shabadoo asks Bugaloo to um to go and sweep up outside and he takes his uh ghetto blaster out as you do and then just starts dancing with his sweeping brush to the music that's playing. And it's just, it's it's totally mesmerising. When I heard about this and I saw it on the documentary, apparently uh, the directors just said, just go and freestyle. They just wanted him to freestyle just to mess about with this sweeping brush. And they started watching started watched him do it. And then they said, right, just stop there. Uh, we're going to position some cameras. Just go at it. Imagine the cameras there. Just do whatever you want. But there's one thing we ask. They want one move in there. We want you to make... The, the sweeping brush looked like it floats. So they attached some, uh, uh, I'm going to call it, yeah. some wire, see-through wires to his hands and to, and to the brush. And, and, and in our modern-day HD 
TV, you know, is, is clear as day what's happening. But the scene plays out. It's, it's nearly five minutes long, isn't it? And he yeah. just, he does every breakdancing move under the sun. And it just dancing with the superbush is just amazing. He makes, the way he makes it, uh, like what looked like it floating in the air and he danced around it and spins around. It is absolutely brilliant. And you can imagine when the producers and the director, when they made this film, they watched that back and they thought to themselves, this is, this is exactly what breakdancing is doing to the rest of the world. This is exactly what is making people go, stand up and go, wow, what is this art form? This is what people went to cinema to see. It was, like we said, the dancing. Look at the skills of this. I remember at the time, I would have been, uh, what, eight or nine, and I do remember breakdancing being huge in schools. And I remember people talking about this scene. I think it appeared on TV, just the brush scene. Like, you got the actors in there, like Lucinda and everything, and everyone was talking about this brush scene. It was the scene to be seen on there. I think shortly afterwards, you got the Michael Jackson famous, um, I can't remember, was it Billy Jean, that one where he's walking down the street and he's lighting the floor up and he's dancing at the same time? Is that yeah. Billy Jean? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It feels like it's been taken part of watching this scene. If you look, put them more or less together it's the same type of scenario walking down the street it's just mesmerizing only a short amount of street he's got to work with and it, it just goes for it it's great so oh, right. the billy g music video probably filmed earlier but there is probably but, but it was the biggest song in the world yeah so there's probably an element of that that's probably for constructed the scene a little bit to help mirror that um and then do a do a, a, a breakdancing version of it if you think about it yeah it is it, is, it fits really well yeah it's, it's quite just, clever it's, it's sort of a shame that the writers who actually did the film didn't really take on board more of the breakdancing elements and just let the kids just go through it because that's what people wanted to see. Yeah, it's it's definitely a rush job. It's it's paper thin script. Um, it's actually filmically, I think I might have made that word up. Um, cinematically, it's not very well directed. There's very awkward shots. So a lot of the dialogue in the like in the first scene where. There's no over-the-shoulder um, shots. So when people, if you watch films these days, when people converse with each other, it's called an over-the-shoulder over shot. So in the near side of the, in like at the front of the camera, you see someone's shoulder or the back of their head, and then then you see the other person talking, and it swaps around. There's none of that. It's really weird. It's very. It looks. It, it looks like it's a one-camera shot, doesn't it? It looks. Like, well, it, yeah, it's just, like yeah. You just come like, together and just say, "Let's film it. Let's go." Yeah, yeah. You talk to that. So, and that's why it's really so. It's like do that line again. And so, and there's lots of that throughout the film. But the way they capture the dance, I think that's what they cared about the most. We just want to get the dancing on film, and did then you notice, and with um, everything else around it. Do you notice John Claude Van Damme's actually in that scene? No, whereabouts yeah. is he watching one of the? Is he watching he's, the dancing? He's watching a dancing there in full-on black uh, leotard with his short black leotard trousers as well, and he's actually dancing away. And he is that actually, the, is that the famous? meme or the gif that goes around say when where john claude is trying to be an actor and he's, yeah. and he's doing, is that where the scene's taken from that's where he's taken from and he actually his scene was actually filmed bigger because you know he can do all these bat flips like he does in the movie yeah he, actually, he did that but the the guy the director told him to stop pissing around and yeah. just stand there he yeah. only wanted was a pretty boy face and at did the he, time he was just yeah a boy. it was like i could do the splits really well yeah, <laughs> I don't care about the splits, mate. But but please, stand please there. stand there with your big thighs. And just big stand. thighs. Have a have a cause. Go on, have a cause light over there. Is there product placement in this? <laughs> so so uh, the so the movie starts. It begins. 
But to me, it doesn't it doesn't have any ending really. There's so many plot holes. It's like everyone seems to be vying for Kelly's attention. You're not even sure if she's going to have some relationship with one of the black guys who is dancing, or the sleazy guy, or is she going to go out with um, you know Christopher McDonald's agent? And it just I, yeah, it's an out. interesting one. I, I I agree with you. They're slightly open-ended. So, I mean, her 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 ballet instructor will call him that the sleaze bag. Yeah. I mean that. I mean that's that's a narrative device to drive her to to have to find an alternative way and an alternative thing to do. So that positions him as the enemy throughout the film. So then you've got Boogaloo, who I think they must have thought was too young to be the love interest, and that's why Shabadoo acts as a bit of a, a father figure to him. But I don't know the age differences. Um, I'm gonna guess it. I'm gonna guess Shabadoo is probably about ten years older, maybe or six years yeah. older, um, in like maybe mid twenties. He certainly looks it because he's got his eighties porn moustache. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, great that moustache. I know. I love that. I love it. So you put Bugaloo out of out of the picture. He's he's a bit of a star into himself. And then you've got Shabadoo, who seems to be the leader of the pack. He's the one who drives the the, the dance battles. The one who has the reputation. The one who, uh, to be honest, has the most kind of backstory and it appears he clearly fancies kelly uh makes me swear and you know he's upset and it feels it just, feels, feels it just that scene. is that but, scene where he's on like uh, the beach and he's sat on, on the, the rock. rocks and he's yeah. like you don't know where i'm from all that like i'm from the bad side of the tracks and you're from the good which has been done before but then it just dies away like, yeah, so about it. That, I don't think that's a romantic element to it. I think they're they're touching on the fact that she's supposed to be from a a, a more prestigious background, you know, with maybe a little bit of money, and he's from probably the the black slums of California. I, I think that's the purpose of that, and that's why that's why the dance battles. He's trying to say the dance battles mean so much more to me because that's my culture and that's literally the only thing I've gone for whereas you you're you know you're She's lucky trying to do it for fame. You've, you've, you're you're after a bit of fame you're classically trained you've got obviously financial backing and stuff like that so there's that but that I think you're right it gets mixed up with the romantic bit as well because there's those longing looks he has for her and the the jealousy he has when uh, Christopher McDonald comes on the scene and there's that really awkward scene when they go to the rap battle and they win and Kelly's caught between staying with Shabadoo at the rap or battle, going, or, yeah, or going, going to that party, or going to the party with Christopher McDonald. What does he do? What she choose in the end? I can't remember. Does she go for the? She, she goes, goes, doesn't she? Goes Christopher McDonald, yeah. She goes. And so he obviously <clears throat> fancies her as well, and he buys the flowers. But then they kill that very quickly, and it goes back to being a bit more professional. And it's definitely one of the plot lines that they don't really what? fully. Well, I had looked into, look into this as much as I could in my research of it, and there's supposed to be more of an element of an interracial relationship, but... At I the bet time, they bottled I'll, it. Yeah. <laughs> they bottled well, as, it. Well, as you can imagine, I can't think of anything in the 80s at that time which really covered that interracial within America, so more or less backed out, because the first interest, you see, the, you see a friend who's obviously gay, and then... You see her getting involved with these lads and getting close to them. It to me it seemed logical she would end up with Shabba at the end. It just fades out. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just I can't think of any films either that that yeah go down that route at all where where they they risk mix mixed relationships. I'm just having a quick look on a on Google now. There's nothing really 
no. that jumps out. So yeah, they probably they probably bottled it. bottled it a little bit. Worried worried that they might, you know, I mean, I mean, so I mean, yeah, you could alienate someone, but there's so much subtext in it. I mean, is it a case of does success for a black community look like winning the the wife, the winning the hand of a white woman? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Is it that? You know, there's, there's there's all sorts that you could go there, and they probably did sit down and think, what should we do with this? With the love interest aside, it was a classic film. Breaking may have been made for the sole purpose to cash in on the breakdancing scene, but it is a still a great film to watch, followed by two sequels as well. So that was my first guest on Shep's Deep Dive, so thank you very much to Fatboy Slick. And like I said, if you search for Fatboy Slick on the internet, you can find some of these great mitzes, what he's done. And uh, Hill's going to be joining us a few more times as well. Thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you for having me. No problem at all. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe, listen and enjoy.